0: Place in the majestic name of Jesus. We were just listening to uh, God has a plan by none other than the gospel artist Willie Sherman. And we just bless God that he is just reminding us that God has a plan for you and I. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank God for his plan that he has put together. For you and I, in the name of Jesus, you are listening live to the Scribes Hangout broadcast on the Kingdom Influencers broadcast. Here at the Scribes Hangout, we are dedicated to bringing the voice and the heart of the Scribes to individuals around the world. This is the hangout spot for book lovers, authors, authors, business owners fans artists and those who desire to be inspired i am your host publisher author and tv and radio personality deron shay zorn and i would like to welcome you to our broadcast on tonight tonight we have a very special guest hanging out with us at the scribes hangout we have a dynamic woman of God um Tyra D Jones author Tyra D Jones and on tonight we are going to be discussing her powerful anointed book a crown of beauty for ashes a crown for beauty for action and for ashes and it is such a powerful book I, I'm telling you it is a page turner it is something that grab hold of your attention and and I'm just telling you it is just absolutely amazing and so um, on tonight um, Arthur Jones we do want to welcome you to the scribes hangout on tonight
1: hi thank you so much for having me tonight I'm so glad to be here with you in the audience looking forward to this interview in this
0: special time yes absolutely we're so looking forward to it as well and so since she's looking forward to for this interview and you are looking forward to what's getting ready ready to be released at the scribes hangout how about you go ahead and share this broadcast on your social media platforms so that those that you know can get in and on this powerful conversation that we're getting ready to have about a crown of beauty for ashes, a man that has been written by this author as she just really, really just take a, a portion of her life and and use it to help others amen um in the name of jesus so that they too can obtain their crown of beauties for the ashes for their ashes amen and so go ahead and do that you can email the link to someone you can text it out and tell them that they need to get in on this dynamic conversation on tonight i'm telling you um we're getting ready to I'm diving into um, some very powerful anointed conversations, some things um, that we're getting ready to talk about will definitely change the course of life um, for many people. It will bring them out of strongholds that they have. Thank you, Lord, that they have been that they've been stuck in, that they've been stuck in, um, as we get ready to, um, dive into, um, this powerful conversation on tonight, it is going to be life changing, life changing to never, never, never be the same. So go ahead and share this on your social media platforms, share it in your groups Share it to those that you love. If you know someone out there that is hurt, broken, in a place of brokenness, just from different things and things in life things in life that um that they wanna you wanna call them and, and have them to come and be a part of what's getting ready to um be released on tonight and the scribes hang out so that amen I think it's a night of, of healing it's a night of breakthrough that it is a night of deliverance that it is a night that somebody, amen, that they're going to be made whole on tonight, that they're going to find their identity, that they're going to find out who it is that God has called for, for them to be. And the true them are going to rise up in this place in the name of Jesus. So go ahead and share. We're going to go ahead and, and go into prayer. We're going to go ahead and have a word of prayer. And then after prayer, I'm going to introduce this dynamic woman of God. And we're going to engage in this amazing conversation on tonight. Amen. Amen thank you Lord oh gracious Lord we just bless you in this place and we just invite you into this conversation we invite you oh God and as we lift up this broadcast into your holy hands, so that you may have your way in this place as you speak through our mouths and think with our minds oh God so that every word that is uttered that it comes straight from your throne of grace so that the listeners will be able to obtain what it is that they need right here in this hour oh God so that they may grow stronger in you oh God so that they, oh God, may find themselves being positioned in, in, in that very place in which you have called for for them before the foundation of the world. We thank you, oh God, for a night of turnaround, a night of change in, in the life of somebody, God, around the world, throughout the nations, in the majestic name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that as your spirit, oh God, captivate us, oh God, and that your glory begin to fill this place, oh God, with your presence and take over the airways and the network systems, oh God, and Meet your people, O God, wherever they may be around the world, touching their hearts and touching their minds, O God, touching their souls and their spirits, O God, where in the majestic name of Jesus' minds are penetrated, O God, and atmospheres are changed for your glory, so that you may rise up, O God, in the earth. Your power, your love may show up in the earth, O God, as, O God, you, O God, Set free and deliver your people in the majestic name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for this very anointed vessel, oh God, that you're going to use on tonight. And we thank you for the works of our hand and that in which you have produced through her, oh Lord God. We Lord God, we give you praise and we give you honor, oh God, for this dynamic woman of God, as we even lift her up on tonight, that you continue, oh God, to enlarge her territory, opening up doors, oh God, that no man can shut, oh Lord God, paving the way, oh God, going before her so that, oh God, that she can... Continue this work in which you started in her to help others, oh God, come from their places of brokenness, hurt, pain, anguish, disappointment, and shame, oh God, so that they may be set free, healed, and delivered, and Lord, being and put on a path to move in your glory. In the majestic name of Jesus, we give you glory, we give you praise, and it is in Jesus' name that we have prayed, amen. <clears throat> Amen and amen to God be the absolute glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We just bless God um, in this place on tonight. Amen. Um, tonight we have, and I just want to introduce and give the bio to this dynamic woman of God. Um Author Tara D. Jones have been happily married for five years to the love of her life, Kenneth. She is a mother of four beautiful young ladies and three handsome young men. She also have five adorable grandbabies. Her life is filled with overflowing joy, but it hasn't always been so happy or easy. She struggled for most of her life trying to find out who God created her to be. What was her purpose in life? What made her special in God's eyes? It wasn't until she started looking at herself, the way that God does, that she realized she had a story to share. She realized that her purpose was was in that story. One day, her husband encouraged her to write a book. Tara has always had a ministry for women and served in various leadership roles. Over the past 10 years, however, it is through the pain that she overcame in her own life that God has allowed her to write a crown of beauty for ashes. A crown of beauty for ashes is for every woman who doesn't know her worth. It's for every woman who feels trapped in a toxicated and a toxic relationship. You don't have to settle for less than what God has for you. This book will help you see that you too can be healed, set free from the chains that have you bound just as God healed and delivered her. He can do the same for you. And I just want to welcome you to. I want to welcome to the Scribes Hangout family, none other than author Tyra D. Jones. Again, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Scribes Hangout Dynamic Woman of God.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So glad to be here, as I've said before. I'm excited to share my story and share what God has done for me because I know that there's somebody who's listening um, to the program who needs to hear that God didn't just do it for me but he can do it for them as well
0: oh yeah absolutely absolutely and so you know I just want us to go ahead and just dive into um into this book first of all let's let's talk about um You know, I I, I know in your body you said your husband encouraged you to write this book. And, you know, I know he had to see that there was something um, through your story, through the things that you've been through to definitely help other people. But so just want to, you know, once you got even the inspiration from, from him, you know, what led you to that place to say, you know what, I do have a story to tell. So what's the story behind this a crown of beauty for Ashes?
1: um well i i when he first said it he had said it when we were in our um courting stage, and you know he's always been one who spoke things into my life and spoke to me words that God had given him to speak over me um so he's always blessed me with his words um coming from where I came from, he understood that that's what I needed. Even if I didn't see it in myself, he knew that he needed to keep speaking it so that I could begin to see and um, he could be confirmation to what he already knew God was giving me anyway. But um, even though he's spoken and I didn't take action um, until a few years later, God had told me because I was talking to a friend of mine uh, about five, six years ago, and She was saying the same thing, you know, you should write a book one day. And, of course, I gave all the excuses. I knew God had already told me a long time ago to write, but I didn't believe that I could do it. I didn't believe that I had it in me, and I didn't want to fail. It wasn't until we moved here to Houston, um, and there was no denying it. Um, We attend Lakewood Church here in Houston, And they had a writer's group. And I decided to go to the writer's group just to see what it was about. Did not know that God was going to use the leader of that group to ignite the fire in me. What he had already told me years before, but she ignited that fire in me. And from there, it just, I wrote the book in three months. And it was just every day God was pouring it out of me and I realized the reason I didn't want to write that book was because I knew that the pain from every experience was going to come and I was going to have to deal with it. I was going to have to allow God to heal me and I was going to have to not just allow him to heal me but allow him to use me so that someone else can get their healing through the experience that they're going through. And I'm I'm a very private person. I don't like sharing things about myself, but in writing that book, God was not having it any other way. Um, you know, there were questions, okay, well, what what are they going to think about me when they read this part? Or I don't really want to share this. I struggled writing that book, but I knew that I had to be faithful. I knew I had to be obedient to what God was telling me to do.
0: Amen. Amen. So this this title... <clears throat> Amen. Um, Where to got the title. What is the significance behind the title of your book?
1: You know, um, I did not know until I was almost finished with the book, what the title was going to be. Every, um, every week we attend church. My pastor always speaks a blessing over us. And um, he always says, God will give you beauty for ashes. And so, one Sunday I was in church and God said that's going to be the title of your book but then I had to go home and and research the you know the full verse and and I knew as soon as I saw the full verse I knew that that was supposed to be my title and I knew because you know you you see other books and you see well other people have a similar title but God was like don't worry about their title this is what I gave to you And the funny thing is, is that six years ago when I was talking about doing a book with my friend, we were tossing back and forth the idea of me actually writing. We both said that it would be centered around the crown because I am the king's daughter. So when that when God gave me the title of that book, I knew that that was what my title was going to be without any doubt.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And those that are not familiar with the passage, I'm just going to go ahead and read it for you. It's from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. That was Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. Amen in the name of Jesus. You know in this book um, Arthur Jones I mean you, you have so many powerful um, things in here and and so I, I want to um, start here I want to look at a couple of your statements that you make um, that you made in the book just to get what your heart was um behind you know some of the statements that you made um in in the book and so i am going to start you know with your your prince charming title um chapter i'm sorry your prince charming chapter i I would like to um start here to start here and um I want to start here when you're you're Prince Charming and when you and and, and, in your mindset, um, based on my understanding here, you know, uh, with this particular um, guy that you dated and eventually, um, you know, were your husband, but um, here when you was talking about, you said, I thought that he was so perfect for me, but God knew the ugly thing that lay dormant in his heart. Um, when you wrote this particular statement here, um, what did you have in mind, um, that, that centered around this particular, um, statement as it concerns that, that, that the readers of, of the book need to understand, um, especially when it comes to, you know, um, having that life mate.
2: That
1: statement, um, when I wrote it, it I, I, I reflected back on how I, you know, had these schoolgirl ideas of what a man was supposed to be. But the sad thing is, is I, I really did not have an example of who a man is supposed to be to a woman, um, what I should be looking for in a man. I, I did have a father in my life, but... Um, my my parents divorced when I was young, and so he wasn't consistent in my life. Um, so I had this idea because we all look at movies, we we think that oh, okay, that's how it's really supposed to happen. We we don't realize that if if we don't have if we didn't yeah we grow up in church, but if we didn't have a relationship with God as we're younger and growing into adulthood, we really don't know what God says about the man he's going to prepare you for. And I say prepare you for because in our journey, God has someone for each of us, and that's not just about us. It's about linking us up with the person who's going to help us reach our destiny, help us fulfill the promises that he has for us, and not just about fulfilling the promises specific to us, but to every person who's going to be in our path. So that person um, that God has for us has to have the heart that is right, meaning a man after his own heart. So when I wrote that that passage, I was looking at everything that God knew he was and everything that God knew he wasn't for me. Yes, he, I mean, not trying to go to who he is, but he he has a life now and He may be perfect for her, but he wasn't perfect for me. And two of us coming together, we were two broken people coming together to create a mess. And that was never God's plan. That was our plan. So when I was out there thinking, okay, well, he's prince charming. I was going off of fairy tales. I was thinking, okay, well, I was looking at the movies and thinking this is the right man for me. And I didn't even know who he was, let alone, you know, not even thinking, okay, well, I need to consult. God and see who he believes I should be with because had I God would have told me well first you need to get to know you first you need to love you before you can say that you love somebody else or you think that this person is right for you so as I as I think about that and think about me saying that he was prince charming it -hmm. was it was an immature look that i i was i was going for. i was looking at surface things i wasn't looking at his heart and even though i i knew began to see who he was i ignored it because it i kept looking at the fairy tale well it'll work out i can change him It'll be different once we get married. It'll be different. I kept telling myself, "Well, it's going to get different once we reach this milestone, or when when we reach that one." But it never did because it wasn't supposed to be.
0: You know, you said so many powerful things here, Um, but right now, you you said so many, so many powerful things, and you know, you know, as as little girls or young women dream of this prince charming. Um, we they dream of Prince Charming, you know. You know, we look at we get Cinderella, and you know all the things that we get to see on TV and things of that nature. So, w- what would be your advice, um, to a young lady, um, tonight to keep them from, um, to keep them from the illusion of the Cinderella story, so that they will not find themselves in a place. Um, where um, they get wrapped up, or the the illusion of a story, find them in a, a, a spiral path um, in the opposite direction in which they ought to be going.
1: Um, my advice: um, I have four daughters, and I'm um, I'm always, and their ages range from seventeen all the way up until twenty eight. And i'm always telling them know who you are before you go out looking for somebody else to mix with because until you know who you are then you can't link up with anybody because you you don't know yourself and then how do you find out who you are by looking to god's word that's that's the first place you need to look because even if you ask yourself some days I, I don't like myself because, okay, well, there may be a pimple on my face that I don't like. But when God sees me, He all he sees is beauty. He doesn't see flaws. He doesn't see imperfections. So know who you are and believe what God says. And don't question what he says when you hear outside voices. You need to know inside first because when you encounter those outside voices, like when you know the first time he told me I was worth nothing, I would have been able to say, no, you're wrong. God says I am beautiful. I am wonderfully made. The second time he said something, I would have known, okay, it's time for you to walk away, because this is not who God has you for, because he's toxic for you. But I didn't know who I was. I was searching for love, and I I thought he was it. I thought he was the one to save me, because that's that whole Prince Charming thing. He's coming to save me, but Jesus is is here to save me, not a man, not a human being. So if you know who you are and you have a relationship with God, you won't go down the road, you know, following after someone who is not right for you.
0: Amen. Just absolutely love that. You make this other statement in your book. You said teenage girls often look at things and possessions as an indication of love. What is your conversation with the teenage or the young lady um'cause um or a a woman because um sometimes the teenager mentality happens to grow up um have having to go with the grown up you know woman and and that mentality is still there but so what would you say to that one that um that look at love as um equates it to? possessions and things
1: you know when I um oftentimes girls and women who who look at material things as as him you know as his way of saying that he loves her she doesn't for me we didn't have a lot growing up so the fact that he wanted to spend his money on me to buy me pretty things even though he treated me harshly that's okay because at least i have these things and the bottom line is you know you can have all the things in the world but if you don't have you don't feel inside that love that he's supposed to have for you if he's not i always say love is more than something you say to me it's, it's more than a feeling. It's an action. I need you to just show your love with more than just your words, more than just, you know, you buying me things. I need to know without a doubt that you love me like you love yourself because if you love you, then you're going to treat me like you would treat yourself. I know that, um, you know, we often look at people and we see and think they got it going on. You know, people would look at our lives and think, wow, she is so blessed because he takes really good care of her and her kids. We didn't want for anything. We had all the things kids had, every latest toy. They they had everything, but we were all broken inside. So is that, you know, those material things, are they worth the turmoil inside? Are you willing to trade off? It's not, it will never be equal to what, you know, you're, you're supposed to be getting, it, it'll never be equal.
0: You know, when you was t- making that statement, it brought me back when you're talking about the broken pieces, you know, it just brought me back to your chapter on broken pieces. And when you, I, I love the analogy that you use here, when you are talking about, um, when a dish breaks, it shadows into many pieces. And as you talked about, you say, "in in it's too many pieces to put it back together," and no matter how good you're at gluing things back together, because of you know, it never you can never get it back to its original state. And and I, I absolutely love that analogy that you put that you put there um, that you put there in the book that you put there. And you know, even with that that particular analogy, and as you talk about the heart, let's just talk about you know a, a heart, um, a heart that is broken, you know, into many pieces. You you said so many different things, you know, in your story how your heart, you know, doing every occurrence or what have you, that that was another piece of that heart just being broken.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. You
1: know, the the thing that I, I was thinking about when you were speaking um, about the heart is sometimes our heart betrays us because even though he broke my heart every time he hit me or or every time he was harsh with the kids, I still loved him. And, you know, I was talking with someone the other day and a thought came to me. You know, I, I, I say I loved him, but I realized, that he was more of an addiction for me because, you know, just like a person who is an alcoholic is so drawn to that, that drink that they can't, they can't be around it. They can't um, go any places and, and be in that place too long or they'll be tempted. And he was an addiction for me because I felt like I had to have him. It didn't matter how he treated me. It didn't matter, you know, the ups and the downs we went through. There were times when, even when we were married, we didn't have a place to live because either I would do something or the kids would do something and he'd just tell us to get out. But I still went back to him because I felt like I needed him. I needed that drug. I needed that fix of him. And so, yeah, he broke my heart into so many pieces. And each time I talked myself into picking the pieces up and going on because it's going to be different the next time, I can change him. I can love him enough so that he won't be this ugly person toward us. He will be better. He will do better. But the next time it happened again, I gave myself a pep talk again, and we kept moving on, and it's just crazy. You keep doing that and, and you don't realize you're in this crazy cycle and you just need to get out. But, you know, then years pass and you're like, Okay, well I've been in it this long, I can't give up now.
0: Wow. Um you know, even as you was, you know, saying that then, you know, where you know, where is or oh, where is the line, you know, that or that an individual um, where, where they come to when they say, look, you know, it, it is time to break away um, from this. You know, I, I heard you, you know, even in your book, you talk about, you know, um, how, you know, you, you put up this facade or you wore this mask, you know, as everything was was peaches and, and cream. And especially due to the fact of the shock that, you know, when you guys did get married and then the responses that came from both of you guys mother and, you know, and sometimes okay. when we get, you know, such those responses, you know, we try to, um, we, we try to, um, we try to make sure that what they spoke doesn't come to pass or they don't see the reality mm-hmm. of what they're saying. And so, in and, and, which is a very prideful spirit but so, what would you mm-hmm. say? So let's talk about that for a moment, and then just talk to the person you know who may just be right in that situation. They had gave, the warnings was there, um, it, it and you know nobody would you know approved of it, and they moved anyway, and they still went anyway, and and now they feel that they're stuck because they're trying to prove that the warnings that they received on the front end that it just was not that is that is not what was said they just want to prove it wrong but at the same time they're masking it and on the inside they know that it's right because they're living that experience each and every day Mm
1: -hmm. it's um like you said it is prideful um we don't want people to see that we've messed up but the thing is is that there's so many stories that did not end like mine did you know so many women and men who who can't say, okay, well, I'm here today to tell you how I got through because they're gone. And so you have to decide it is keeping that, you know, facade worth your life. You know, I, for so many years, you know, the first time we got, you know, you know, our mothers weren't for it. And the second time when I remarried him, I remember hearing my sister on the phone, my youngest sister. She was on the phone talking to her friend. And she was, I don't think she realized I heard the phone call, but she was telling her friend, yeah, I guess she's going back with him again. You know, and she said, you know, there was a reason why she left him the first time, yet she was going back again. And that right there just lit a fire up under me. I knew, yep, because I was questioning at first. But then to hear her say that, I knew without a doubt I was gone. And, you know, thinking back, I realized the pain that I took my children through, not even thinking about my own self, but the things that I that my children endure because I was stubborn, I was prideful, and I did not want to do it on my own because I, I made, also made a decision out of fear because i i felt like i was trapped and i needed a way out and he was my vehicle out it didn't matter that i didn't love him it did not matter that i knew who he was from before and i, I think part of me knew he hadn't changed but i was willing to believe it just to get out of the situation that i was in so i To any person who is in this situation, you think, okay, well, you're going to change him. You're going to love him enough. You know, you can do counseling or whatever. Yeah, counseling helps. Just him, though. You allow him to do counseling, but you get out. And if God tells you to go back, and I say God because, you know, we deceive ourselves. If God tells you to go back because he's changed that man, make sure it's God's voice and not your own. Because, you know, when one of those times I left him and we started attending the church that I spoke about in the book, he started going to church because he told me he truly wanted to change, but he was only going so he could keep tabs on me. So I allowed him to manipulate me yet again
0: to come back when it wasn't true godly change in his heart. Amen. Um, You said something very, very powerful um you said you talked about everything that you're saying powerful but you said you know making sure that it is god speaking and that it's not ourselves speaking um you know sometimes our emotions would put us in um would cause us to um, to have vain imaginations, <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. vain imaginations, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and tell us that it's God and, and, it, and it's really not God. And so that, that I'm so glad that you definitely, definitely um, brought, brought that out. I mean, this book is like, so, you know, powerful. Like I said, I, I, I cried through the book. I, I've been just so many different things. And I'm um, so here, I want to talk with this, the reality of a thing, you know, when you was going through, you was in the midst of it, you was in and out of, you know, just um, consistent mentally, emotionally, psychologically, you know, financially, Um, violence, domestic violence. And, you know, and as I was going mm-hmm. through your book and I was like, you know, she, every stage, every area of domestic violence, this woman of God experienced and, and and I got to your your chapter on suicide watch
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and you know, which is very emotional, um very emotional, especially experiencing what it was that you experienced. so let's talk about this chapter for a moment and the reality that you know uh you know people get here uh when they feel mm-hmm. that when they come to that place of helplessness and hopelessness
1: right um you know I, I um during that time um when that chapter was happening it was after we had gone back him yeah gone, gone back to him the remix still bringing up emotions now um we had gone back to him and i think within three four months he, he was back to who I already knew he was, who he was. And um, I think that that was my moment of clarity. Like, wow, you thought that this was where you should be, and yet here you are again. He didn't even play the role for very long because he had us because the we were in Florida at the time, and he was stationed in Georgia. So it was a big move. I had quit my job, um, and I had nowhere to go. And so he knew he had us, and there was no going back because, again, I couldn't call my sister and tell her, hey, <laughs> you know, I need to come back. Um, so I think for the first time, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had anything left, any reason to live. And then the, there was a part of me that, you know, at first it was, you know, I need to end this for me, but then I thought, I can't leave my children with this man because he was already, you know, this time around, second time around, they were older. And so my, my older two, my son and my daughter, they weren't having it each time they, cause he didn't care about hitting me in front of them. It was a family thing. You know, because he had to establish rule in the house. Since they were older, um, they challenged him a lot. So I couldn't leave my children with him because he would, he would do the same to them. Um, so at that point, I didn't see any other options. I had nothing left. He had taken everything from me. Um, so I, I, that was the only option that I felt like I had. And the reason is because with domestic violence you are so isolated. We we didn't have a church. We went to church every now and then but it wasn't consistent after our move because he was in control so that meant he chose when we whenever we left the house. He chose our activities. He chose everything. He allowed me to get a job but that job, you know, I had to go and be back home at a certain time. So we were so isolated. I didn't have friends there. Um, the kids didn't have friends there. We had a few you know, kids that they saw on the bus. But other than that, we didn't have any connections. So there was no support system for me, which is how he wanted it. And so I, I was at my end. I, I didn't feel like I could do it anymore. And I couldn't tell my family because I <laughs> I couldn't be wrong. And, you know... I didn't know how they would feel about me as far as, you know, this this great man, because, you know, he he's military, so this great man. And there were people, his friends, because we we could see his friends, but I couldn't have any. They wouldn't believe me because they thought he was so great. So who could I run to? There was nobody for me there. So I, I, I felt like that was the best option.
0: Okay, um, wow, like I said, it is very, um, that the book, it is, it's a, it's very, very um, touching. It's very, very, um, it, it, it really touches the the core of one's heart as one is going through. And it it was something, you know, you said something about, you know, that control, what, what are signs that um, individuals need to look for? Um, you know, we sometimes, you know, people we you know we think oh this is just cute um but it's more it's it's a greater underlining that goes that goes beyond that than it you know just being cute when somebody is preoccupying everything of you and also at the same time isolating you what are some Mm -hmm. things that one needs to look for to that to give a warning sign that this could be uh, you know, it could it could turn out to be a dangerous situation.
1: Um, I know that I used to think it was cute that he wanted me all to himself. Um, he wanted me to spend every moment with him. Um, it, it started when we were in school. Okay? It was all about us. He loved me so much. He didn't want to share me with anyone, including my family. That right there is not cute. That's unhealthy. That's dysfunctional. The other thing is, you know, it's jealousy, but it's disguised as, well, I'm just trying to protect you from people who may try to hurt you. You know, he wants to make sure that, you know, you're not talking to the wrong people because it's important for him to approve of the people you talk to because you may not see the worst in people. You You always see the best in people. So it's up to me to make sure that you are connected to the right people. Um, I used to always wonder why, even down to the silliest thing, like, well, I have a celebrity crush. That's not allowed because, you know, you're disrespecting him or her if it's a female on a male. But something like that is it's another sign. Then, you know, well, we we don't have to do things separately. You know, you need to go where right. I go like For instance, I would always spend my Sundays at his um, aunt's house. I always had to be there. Um, He he couldn't be without me. He wanted me to be around his family. And if if he says, okay, I love my mother, but, you know, sometimes I may, you know, get into disagreement with her, but it's okay. We used to call it... um, it was just a time when they both just weren't getting along. But this not getting along was was this not getting along was was highly dysfunctional. Um, and some people say, "Well, if he loves his mom, then he'll love you like he loved his mom." Well, he loved me like he loved his mom. It was just not healthy, um, you know, because he saw no problem with hitting his sister, he saw a problem with lashing out at his mother. Um, And I remember when after he tried to take my life and I had had a conversation with his sister uh, a few years later and she knew without, this was before I wrote the book, she knew before I said to her how he did it because he had done it to her over and over again. That's how they ended their fights with him choking her out, and that was normal for him. So, looking at the behaviors that he has, you know, already pre-existing, and looking at his relationships, if those relationships aren't healthy, and those are the close relationships, that's like a, a neon sign. He he doesn't know how to have healthy relationships. Uh,
0: oh, amen. Um, that that's good. Um, Because looking at the looking at how other relationships and 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 not thinking that, you know, you're different, that you're going to be Mm -hmm. different from, you know, how he treat his other relationships and and definitely those, Mm -hmm. you know, within his family. So I'm just hearing just investigate, you know. Um, yeah. re- really take a, take a closer look, you know, get beyond the, the smoke and the screen, the illusion, um, that, that is there, get, get, get really, really investigating getting in. And so, um, you, you come over to, um, this, this point, uh um, where in, in the book where you decide to do something different, you do something that is usually, um, not a part of your culture, Uh, where you know you find yourself you're transitioning um in in your career and um the woman that um that began to was training you you know you got into this comfortable place or this comfortable space you know um with Mm -hmm. her and uh, and and something happened and and in that event happening you broke your cultural norm and you Mm you 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 had conversation you begin to Talk to her you let her in to your space how difficult was that for you
1: you know I I I call that my god moment because um that was not me because he had warned me already so many times you know if, if I told anyone even you know the kids wouldn't talk about it they knew that was the rule. We we don't talk about it, and so I, I know that that was God moment that encounter with her because, you know, after after the incident happened, I was still in shock afterwards, and you know because yes, he he had done so many other things, but he had never done something like that. And so in my mind I was in disbelief. I could and it sounds crazy, you know, whenever he hit me he apologized and, you know, we moved on. But what he did that day was so far out in left field, I, I never would have imagined that he would treat me like that. Um, even though he was hitting me. Um, it to me he took it to another level and um, I was beyond scared because if he could take it to that level, then to me, that told me that, okay, I really need to be fearful of my life. Um, Because, you know, we, we used to watch lifetime movies together and we'd watch, you know, shows where men were beating their wives and he'd be so
2: upset.
1: (laughs) He'd be upset about what was going on in the program. and, And it just, it confused me because I didn't understand how he did not correlate that to being him. But, you know, to me, he was out of touch um, because the look in his eyes during that incident, I didn't, I really did not recognize him. So I, I was at my wits end by the time I got back into her presence and I could not hold myself up any longer. Um, so to confide in her from what God has shown me of her, you know, during that time before I knew that she was the person that I could confide in. And I think something in me knew that this was the pivotal moment for my life to change because everything changed after that. I I got strength from God that I had never had before, you know, so that was the pivotal moment for me.
0: Amen. Um. Awesome. Awesome. You know we are here with um, the author Tyra D. Jones, um, the author of A Crown of Beauty for Ashes, and we are talking about her book. And this book is for every woman who feels that they're trapped in a relationship, um, that. She doesn't feel that she can escape from. It is for every woman who doesn't feel that anyone understands um, what she deals with daily. It is for every woman who is seeking healing and deliverance from their prison, um, from the prison that has been built around her, that she has built for herself. This book is for you. If you're looking for a way out, you're trying to figure out, a way to escape, and you know, even um, with you know the thoughts of suicide and 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 things of that nature, that there is another way, uh, a way of life, of a way um, that you can um, escape from the the day to day torment that you have um, to live through um, in being in a in a place of abuse mentally emotionally psychologically that you don't have to be that you can come from behind it you you have a chapter in this book so many things and I I just want to get three more questions out of you and then we're gonna um we're gonna come down from here but you you wrote no longer a slave no longer a slave and um when I got to that title uh that title um before I even read it, you know, in the midst of reading the book, I just had to come right there and I just had to take a breather. Um because just even the title itself spoke so much volume. Give us the message just behind the title. I um
1: that title, no longer a slave, was basically um, during my meditation time one morning. God spoke to me. You know, when you when God has delivered you out of something, sometimes it takes years for you to see the full magnitude of it, and and to see what it has done to your life. And you know, during that during that quiet time with God, he he told me, you know. The fear that you had in that relationship, it didn't just stay in the relationship. I had fear attached to me like it was my best friend. Mm. So, I mean, I was fearful in every area of my life, and fear had me, the decisions I made were based out of fear. Um, you know, when we got married the first time, I was fearful of him leaving me and Finding somebody else, I I was fearful that I couldn't do it on my own. And the sad thing is, is I could have, and I could have been better for it. The second time, I I remarried him out of fear because I felt stuck. Even though I was very capable, I I was educated, it didn't make sense that I thought that I needed him, you know, the way that I did, but based out of fear. Staying was because I was more fearful of what was out there than what I was dealing with inside the home. So fear had me so captive that I couldn't see anything other than what was in front what was immediately in front of me. And that everything that was, that I was thinking was, okay, I'm afraid. So I need to do this for right now. That's all I can do because I'm afraid to do anything else. I'm afraid to do, make any change. And and so that was the basis of that chapter So that people will understand there are things that motivate us, good things and bad things. And when we make decisions, we need to make sure that those decisions are God-centered decisions and there's not something else going on within us that is causing us to make a decision that will be
0: detrimental to our lives. That is... um and you know I just absolutely love it so in so many words you know you even had to divorce fear Uh, you Mm -hmm. had to divorce fear out of your life so that you would no longer be a slave to it and Mm -hmm. find yourself in, in, in some other form of, of captivity I mean just absolutely absolutely powerful I mean you in the story you went through so much I mean even the things that the kids went through you know and, and things of that nature mm-hmm. in your um, chapter um, who am I without the pain you said I looked for it everywhere and in everyone who came into my life that You say so many, oh my God, that, that, let's talk about that for a moment. Um, This, who are you? How did you discover who you were without pain? And um, in this statement that you made that you, it was just, you was in a place of expectation that everyone Mm -hmm. you encountered that in some form, shape or fashion, that it was your expectation that pain would come out of that. Relationship.
1: You know, I um, starting with that, I, I I was so afraid to allow anyone to get close because they'll eventually hurt you. Um, and I think that didn't just start with him. I, I without <laughs> without giving too much of my book that I'm writing now. Um, that you know, I was already broken before him. And so, pain in my life when you're hurt when you're hurt to your core by the very people who should love you at your at your very beginning, then it's so easy for you to believe that from that point on, everyone will hurt you, and so it's best not to allow people to get close because they're gonna do exactly what you knew they were gonna do. But the problem with that thinking is, whatever you think the Bible says, you know we will make sure it comes to pass. So I I think you're going to hurt me. So you can do the smallest thing. And in my mind, since I knew you were going to hurt me in some way, it now is a mountain in my head. So to avoid that, let me just, you know, not even, you know, allow you to get within, you know, any closer than arm's length because then, then I can avoid that pain. And, you know, not just... You know, people who are supposed to love you, you know, at your beginning, but also, you know, this is the man who made a vow before God that he would love me the way that I was supposed to be loved, the way that God loved me. But he broke that promise, too. So what now? I mean, and at that point um, in my life, it was just me and the kids against the world. Yeah, there were people who helped us, but if they got too close, I would bite their heads off. You know, because, okay, I don't want you, but thank God that there are people who refuse to, you know, allow me to push them away. Because had it not been for them continuing to push because they knew that that's what God needed them to do, I would have still remained broken. My children would have been, continued to be, you know, just shells of who they were supposed to be. And I'm so sorry, I
0: forgot the second part of that question. That's okay. That's absolutely fine. Um, it was the statement here. Let me get back over to this portion of the book. But it was the statement you you were and you probably answered that. Who am I without the pain? I think. How did you discover? I think the first person. How did you discover who you were? You know, how did you get past um, that that place of um, discovering who you were with the um, without the pain a lot of
2: time along with,
0: um,
1: because uh, the kids and I were in a place where it was just us and so I used to hate to be in a quiet room because if I was in a quiet room all I had were my thoughts and all I had was God talking to me and so that's why I hated being in a quiet room I had to have tv on or something because I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the things that he was showing me about me. And, and in that time, I had to realize that, yeah, I can easily say, you know, it was all him, but there was something in me that allowed it to happen. And what I mean by that is, like I said, I was already broken, um, and that's why it was so easy for him to pull me into that place. I, there were so many deficiencies within me, the self-loathing, the not knowing who I was, not knowing, you know, God, there were so many things that were missing within me. So in that alone time, God showed me who, who I was, and I had to allow him to not just help me forgive him, but forgive myself. Because when we, when we go through those things and we hold on to pain because we have a right to, we have a right to hold on to the pain because he did that. But what about what we did, you know, to ourselves? So when we have to face who we are, you know, through God's eyes, then it forces us to realize, okay, well, if I'm going to hold on to this pain and blame him, but I, then I need to accept my responsibility in it too. So in my healing and realizing the things that I did, you know, to to get myself in that situation. And the main thing is not relying on God and instead relying on myself to come to the decisions that I made. That was how I said, okay, no more pain, no more hurting, and I'm just going to give it all to God because he is the one who can take it away and to help me live whole now that I don't have that pain. I don't have to be broken anymore. I don't need that in my life anymore. I can walk freely without it.
0: Amen. Amen. Um, It is so many powerful things in, in this book that the dynamic... Woman of God, that God allowed her to scribe um, on the behalf of, of His people, so that that through her story, that it will bring insight into into someone's else life to help them come out um, from a, a a situation that could that have the potential to take their life. In addition, how to start life, how to live again. Amen. How to live again It's so much that we didn't get to discuss here, you know, even as she talked about, you know, how her children, um, her children in, in in their process and what they had to encounter, what they had to endure, looking at familiar patterns and um And things of that nature and having a new relationship and um, getting into, you know, a a, a new relationship or renewed relationship, um, you know, that going back and forth and finding who she is, finding, you know, coming into a place of loving herself, being healed and, and learning to love again. But you have to pick up the book. To, to come and get the insight, to get the scoop to how how can I come from such a place or how can I help someone who is in that place? How can I help them um, be their support for them to come out of a place um, of domestic abuse in any form that it, it may show up, you know, in their life? How can I be that support system to help them get on their journey of freedom, of, of freedom, um as well. And you know, if you're in that place, how can you start over that there is life after. There is life after and um just getting that courage to come from that place and getting to the place where um where the place of freedom, the place in which God is called forth in you, in you. She definitely um go through her life journey on how to how to have the courage to leave. And her process in which she went through and, you know, her process of getting healed, being made whole, coming into an intimate relationship with God and allowing God to do what it was that he needed to do in her life. And then, amen, finding the true Prince Charming, finding, um, coming into that place where God brings her or sends her. Amen. Um, the, the one that he has perfectly suited her for, for amen. where to God, we know in um, the book of Genesis, he says, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a helpmate that is suitable for you. Right. And so, you know, so she found, so God sent her him who um, she's suitable for. And they have had they've been married very happily for five years, Glory to God. And so we bless God that, you know, your story is a whole lot different from a lot of people's story. And then with you telling your story, you give other others the opportunity not to have tragic ends like others who have who did not unfortunately did not make it out. Um, but giving others courage to come out. Is there anything that we missed? I am going to uh, give you a moment to let people know how to contact you, how to get in contact with you, where they can get your book from, you know, and things of that nature. But is there anything that we missed in the interview that you want to share with the audience tonight? I
1: just, um, I just wanted to say that, you know, if you're in a relationship that is toxic, just get out um, if you don't feel like you can do it link up with someone who can help you through the process there are so many different shelters local shelters um, go to a church um, but there's some way for you to get out because it's there's a story that you have I believe everybody has a story and whether it's a story of how God delivers you from that situation or something else that God has for you to do. But your life is worth so much to the kingdom and to the work that God has for you. So don't allow, you know, the thoughts to beat you down inside your own head, allow God to come in and to lead you out of that dangerous situation that you're in.
0: Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Allow Allow the Lord come out, come out, come out. Amen. He has an exit strategy for you um, so that you can get to your place of promise, your place of promise um, in the name of Jesus. Come out of Egypt so you can get to the promised land in the majestic name of Jesus. So at this time, I want you to. Um, author um jones to go ahead and give the audience a way that they can connect with you your website information as well as how can they get a copy of this powerful book i'm telling you you pick it up you're not going to want to put it down
1: they can um connect with me on both uh well on twitter facebook and instagram at tyra d jones if they desire if it's someone who's looking for an exit strategy or you have a friend or someone you know who needs help, they can reach me at Tyra D. Jones at Outlook.com. And um, I will help them find a way to get to the resources. Um, and they can purchase my book on my website at Tyra D. com. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Tyra D. Jones dot com. Go there and pick up a copy of this book. Um, also, she gave her email address for those who are looking um, for a way out or need a way out um, As to, to help you um, get to that place that you need, um, being that support system. So that's just absolutely amazing, absolutely wonderful. And so we just bless God tonight. Tonight has definitely been an awesome time at the Scribes Hangout on Tonight, it's been a a wonderful, a lovely time here with none other than the author, Tara D. Jones, as we've been discussing her book, A Crown of Beauty for Ashes. We want to thank each and every last one of you for hanging out as the Scribes Hangout with us on tonight. On the Scribes Hangout with us on tonight, I am your host, publisher, author, Radio and TV personality, Daron Shay Zorn in here. At the Scribes Hangout, we are here to bring you the voice and the heart of the scribe. The heart and the voice of the scribes. And so, remember, as I scribe notes for this evening, this evening, every day, pick up your pen and take your paper and begin to write describe the things that God placed on your heart so that one day that book that he has on the inside of you that you too will be releasing it to the world so that it could help someone else, someone else, somewhere around the world, throughout the nation. There is greatness on the inside of you and your life experiences, your life experiences can definitely unlock the mystery um, to someone else's life can definitely open a door to lead someone else, amen, on their path of success can open the door to help someone come from a place of bondage to their place of promise, amen, in the majestic name of Jesus. We look forward to having you joining. We look forward to amen um being with you this thursday amen this is a special show on tonight we look forward to being with you on this thursday at nine o'clock p.m eastern standard time um glory to god thank you jesus with that being said dynamic people of god we will see you next week. And if you want to join us on our social media platforms, you can get us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Scribes Hangout at the Scribes Hangout. And we would definitely look forward to hanging out with you on those social media platforms in Jesus name. We will see you next week. Until then. Keep scribing. Amen, amen, and amen. To God be the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen.